Welcome to PR360, a weekly public relations podcast where we bring on the best and brightest minds in the PR industry. We discuss the important topics that you need to know. Tune in every Wednesday to find out. Hosted by Brett Dicer and in partnership with Global Results Communication. Find more information on globalresultspr.com. And welcome to a new episode of PR360. And I'm your host, Brett Dicer. You could please subscribe to PR360 on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music. Leave a five-star review if you love the podcast. And if not, let us know how we can do better for you. And subscribe to the YouTube channel for all the lovely faces or the video channel to see our lovely faces as well. But this week, we're going to be talking about podcasting on a podcast with Dave Lee, and he's the co-founder of International Podcast Day. He is a true podcaster. He's someone similar to me and he's also presented at podfest pod podthon the sunshine summit and various other events as well he is a co-host of the waves of tech and it's all about the tech side of things with his dad as a co-host as well so welcome to the show dave hey brett thanks for having me appreciate you uh appreciate the invitation happy to talk about some some podcast and podcasting Always, always appreciate the invitation. You're welcome. And the first question I ask all my guests is, are you a coffee or tea drinker? You know, I'm both. Uh, two days ago, I had coffee in the morning. This morning, I had some tea. But as long as it's decaf, I can drink coffee or tea. I, I am a decaf only kind of guy. My body does not react well to caffeinated sodas or coffees or tea. So uh, I drink both and, and I love them both equally. Gotcha. Is there any favorite teas or coffees that are on the decaf? decaffeinated side that you like yeah I, I usually like the darker roast decafs uh just just a regular drip is is great for me um always dive into not all coffee shops but a lot of coffee shops actually have decaf espresso which makes it a great you know opportunity to dive into cappuccinos and lattes and that kind of stuff um, but as far as the teas i like you know, like the chamomile some of the the more earthy ones most people feel like it tastes like dirt too much, but I'll, I stick in, in that realm of like, uh, you know, the chamomiles and those light ones. I'm not a big fan of like the fruit forward, you know, you know, the blueberries, raspberries, peaches, stuff like that. I avoid those. So, um, but yeah, kind, kind of try and keep it mixed up uh, day by day, week by week with, with coffee and tea. Gotcha. And then I gave a brief summary about your expertise. Can you give our listeners a little bit more about your expertise? Yeah, absolutely. So you you had mentioned at the top of the show, and thank you for that that nice introduction. Is actually started as a podcaster back in May twentieth of two thousand nine. My dad, brother, and I at the time had created the Waves of Tech, and we actually recently ended that show August thirty first of twenty twenty one. And so we went on a about a twelve year three month run of podcasting. And when we had started in two thousand nine. It was, you know, podcasting was only about four or five years old at the time. And so we did a lot of the, you know, the old school legwork of, you know, writing XML files and, and creating all these, you know, trying to figure out how to record via Skype and all these other things. We have so many great tools now for for those that are either editing or producing podcasts or, or as, as creators themselves. But yeah, so we, you know, I podcasted for over 12 years, as you had mentioned. I, you know, I've presented uh, and spoken at PodFest, which occurs in Orlando every year. I, I, I've taken part in a few online events, you know, with Podthon, the Sunshine Summit, and of course been a guest on on podcasts throughout the year, you know, r- ranging from tech shows to um, 
talking about podcasting or just, or just going on. And, you know, I'm, I'm a big, uh, a, a European football fan as well as an American soccer fan. So I, I get the occasional opportunity to go chat with, with some of my, my fellow supporters on that. Um, so that's kind of a little bit of background, uh, for me. I, I, my dad and I also started international podcast day that actually, uh, was created in 2014 and year by year it keeps going, it keeps growing and, and morphing based on how the industry is changing internationally. And so just being able to dive in to that international waters basically of, of podcasting is, is fun. It's great opportunity to connect with people from, you know, Africa and Finland and India and and Japan and, and everywhere in between. So that's kind of where my background within the within the podcast and podcasting space uh, really lives. All right, and I mean, podcasting is synonymous right now. But how popular is it? I mean, it seems like it's everywhere now. It seems like all of a sudden, when the pandemic hit, all of a sudden it was like podcasting everywhere. Everybody wants to start up a podcast. No, it's absolutely true. When, when you talk about, you know, March, 2020, when, when people were like, what can I do with some of my now free time, you know, that I have with it? I'm not going out to restaurants, not going out to the concerts. I can't go to the gym. And so all of a sudden you saw not only a lot of podcasts start, but you started to see a little bit of the listenership um, kind of grow and dip in certain areas, you know, like during the pandemic, like health and, and fitness and, uh, mental health podcast really grew. Obviously, a lot of people trying to figure things out, try to stay motivated, try to keep their heads clear during the whole uh, COVID thing, you know, but it continues to grow from a, a listenership base as well. You know, um, really, I, I always encourage everybody to check out edisonresearch.com and follow a guy by the name of Tom Webster on all, uh, all, all, uh, to all about podcasting trends. He, him and the Edison Research team do an amazing job. And I just want to give a little bit of background here. And in May of 2014, they actually had what's called the Share of Ear Report. And it showed that only about of 1.7% of the time was spent listening to audio sources went to podcasts. Okay. And that, that was what, eight, nine years ago. And then you 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 fast forward into their most recent infinite dial research that was was recently put out in 2021 shows that an estimated about 162 million listeners now this is U.S. only or that's a roughly about 50 percent of the population have actually listened to a podcast. So you can say about over half of the population has actually downloaded, listened to, or subscribed to some sort of form of podcast. Um, one of the great interesting stats, you know, just talking about popularity and, 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 and those things is 78% of the people now are familiar with the term podcast or podcasting. You know, that even grows. That's three quarters of the population. That's huge. Well, when you look at not only that, Brett, but when you look over at like the active listeners, right now we're showing about 41 million active monthly listeners to podcasts. That's about 41% of the podcast um, population that, that's listened to a podcast within the last month. And then they dialed in their research a little bit even more and said about 28% of people listen to a podcast in the last week. And so on average, Edison Research is showing, you know, the, the popularity continues to grow. They're showing that most podcast listeners listen to about eight podcast episodes and about five shows in, in, a, in a given week, which, which is pretty incredible. And then not only, Brett, from, you know, the podcasting element, but you have to look, dial back. And this is important for everybody that's that's listening here is about the diversity in listeners and the audience ship. You know, about 43% of monthly um, podcast audience is non-white. And when podcasting started back in 2014, the audience and, and in particular, most of the host and people involved, it was two thirds male and white. Now you're seeing 
you know, a, a very diverse change. You're seeing, you know, you know, seismic shifts in the listening audience and those that are getting behind the mic, you know, and, um, most, most podcast hosting companies have amazing data, right. On, on growth, uh, mostly focused, you know, uh, there's, there's a lot of focus on international stats and podcast audiences. So if, if you're somebody out there that has a podcast or considering, you know, a lot of these hosting companies have a lot of that data available. I know Edison research focuses here traditionally in the United States. Um, but if I continue just a little bit more, Brett, you know, the, the international podcast growth, which isn't really particularly talked about that much. And that's why one of the things I love with International Podcast Day is being able to be tapped in into that. Um, Africa Podfest is this great organization over there, and they put together an annual Africa podcast report. And they share all about the growth that's going on in the African nations over there. Um, you know, and, and I always ask, it's like, hey, when was the last time you checked out stats or looked at the podcast marketing uh, markets in like Colombia and Brazil, the Philippines, uh, Turkey, the United Arab Emirates, Finland, India, these are all, you know, um, growing exponentially when it comes to growth as far as both listenership and audience growth, but also to those that are that are podcasting and starting. So, you know, you kind of you kind of spread spread out your knowledge a little bit when it comes to advertising and PR to kind of think, you know, an, an audience member, I can listen to a podcast from Australia without any issue, you know, and, you know, I can listen to uh, something that's an Irish, uh, an Irish based podcast or Scottish based podcast. And I have, and that's the beauty of these, these there's, there's literally no boundaries in podcasting. So when you talk about the popularity behind it, that's, that's sort of one of the few things where it just kind of overarches and branches out. So so it's pretty incredible to just to look over since 2004 when podcasting started to now just to see the growth uh, exponentially um, over, over the several years. Gotcha. And what should brands really understand about starting a podcast? Because like I said, everybody wants to start one, but what are the some things that they should know before starting one? You know, it's 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 always a good question. I The first thing when, when, uh, when you and I were talking about what we want to chat about was I have a, a friend in the in the podcasting space. Her name's Arielle Neesenblatt. And if you're not connected with her, um, she's a great voice in the podcasting industry right now. She actually just recently put a post up on her LinkedIn page. It was basically somebody asked her, what do I need to do to start a podcast? And she rattled off 20 questions. It's I, and I'm not going to read through them all, but it's it's something that you have to put a lot of thought into. It's definitely not easy to get into. I mean, it's easy to get into. It's it's takes a lot of work and dedication, and focus to get it right. You know, but I'd say at at the basis, you know, you you have to be prepared and you have to be organized. And what that means is being held accountable. Not only if you're doing it with a co-host or producers or people that are writing for your show, or whether you know it's it's it if, whether it's a like an informal or you're really trying to grow something. It's all about being prepared and being organized. Um, you also you start thinking about starting one, you also want to consider how you can repurpose all the material that you produce. You know, we'll, we're going to talk about a little social audio and pot, uh, video later, but you all, you want to think about that stuff. You know, does this material make sense on Twitter? Does it make sense on YouTube? Does it make sense as a post on Instagram? Does it make sense to be on TikTok? You know, that's growing in the space, you know? So there, there's different ways you can repurpose your material. You know, it could be audio clips, it could be video clips, whatever it is. But I definitely encourage, you know, everyone to dial into what you're strong at. What's your strong suit? Let's focus on that. You know, for years, my dad and I podcasted. I've never edited 
a single episode that I've ever been on. My dad has always taken care of the podcast editing. He's done all the audio. He's done all the mixing, all the compression, all that stuff. I did a little bit on the website, but what I did is I scoured the internet for all of our tech stories. I did all of our show notes. I did the, the, um, the social media pushes. We found our strong suit and we stuck with that for the 12 years and it really worked for us. So finding a partner that's really going to utilize their strengths and your strengths. So you can really focus on, on that. You know, um, I always say, you know, this is one thing that's often forgotten within the podcasting space. When you start, you know, the effect of video is having is huge, but also don't forget about the growth of smart speakers in the household. You know, there's more growing data that people are listening over different start smart speakers. I don't want to say anybody, any of the smart speakers names, <laughs> you know, on this podcast, I want to activate it, but that's one of the things that that's really happening right now. But yeah, focus and work on community first, have a central hub, like a website and don't really rely on social platforms to be around. You know, we, we have the four or five major dominant ones, but you always want to want a place. If, if that website goes down or that social media outlet goes down, you still want a place to host and hold you know, the attention of your audience, always direct them to that central hub. Um, so those are, those are a few of the things you really want to start thinking about, you know, you know, we're talking about brands at the same time. They have, they have kind of a built-in community already. Like they, they know their trends, they know their, their audience, they know their markets, but at the same time, you got to put all those pieces together to make sure that you're not putting out a product that's, that's less than average. You know, you want to, as I said, be organized, prepared, you know, kind of have work through a thought process in, in a strategy on, you know, from start to finish, as far as what your mission is going to be, you know, you think about artwork. There's so many different things we can dive into, Brett, but I, I think generally those are some of the starting points for, for brands to really consider before jumping into one. Gotcha. And I mean, ads are another way of monetizing through podcasts. You also have subscription models are now starting to be a lot more prevalent plus merch, but for brands wanting to basically get into the ad space like what should they know what should they know about the roi what should they know about how to do it sometimes because podcasting is still a little new even though we all know what the term is it's still a little new on that application side of it it is i mean it, for a for a media that's only 18 19 years old that's that's really young and you can compare it to television you can compare it to traditional radio broadcasting um there, there's there's a lot of technology out there that is you know, I consider podcasting still in, it's still in its infancy, you know, it, at the end of the day, you know, you know, this, there is fantastic return on investment for podcast ads. I mean, you, you talk to somebody who gets the, the, the right advertiser with the right audience mixed with the right host. It really has amazing uh, return. I know personally, I have purchased several items using either a referral link or just went over to a site based on a recommendation from the host, you know? And the one thing I'd say, you know, if, you, if you're looking how brands should get the most out of their podcast ads, you know, when you've identified maybe a podcast or a podcast host, you know, make sure you work with them very closely, you know, on developing an ad for the show, you know, focus on the audience of the podcast for the greatest ROI. I know we want to focus on, you know, the product and what we can bring to you, but you want to make sure you bridge that connection as far as making some value and, and an added benefit to those that are that are going to be listening. You right? You got to make sure your product fits with that podcast. I can't tell you how many times, Brent, we've had somebody reach out to when we did the waves of tech, and it was, you know, it's like, hey, you know, we'd like to have you know a little little spot on your show, and it's and it's not relevant to the tech space at all. You know, there's not even a loose connection. You know, the tech industry is very broad. I mean, we can talk about healthcare and aeronautics and 
you know, space and business and social media. And there's just some people that, you know, like, I feel like if we would have put an advertisement on our show that wasn't related to technology, that's, it's, it, it doesn't align with our audience and we don't want to offend them by putting something that doesn't make sense. And so, you know, always making sure your product fits with that podcast, but I will say it's a, it's a crowded and busy place within the industry. But that doesn't mean that it's a bad thing, right? We know television and streaming services is a very crowded space. And we, we understand that production companies and hosts and everyone else can be successful. So you got to create an app that pops, right? Something that's enticing and, and really markets your needs. And so you can kind of use that as just a, a sort of a base foundational approach to how you how brands should really focus on their ads. But it, it, it is a crowded space, but there, I'm telling you what, there's, there's times when I listen to an ad, I'm like, I want that product, or at least I'm going over to that website to check it out. And if there's a discount, if there's a referral link, if there's some sort of kickback, that's usually pretty cool too. So yeah, lot, lot, lots to learn in the, in the ROI space in the podcasting ad. I think recently, I think a billion dollars, if I'm not mistaken, was, was spent in 2021, just on advertising alone in podcasting. So People are diving in, people are spending their money. And last time I checked, businesses don't spend money unless they're getting a ROI. So it seems to be a very, uh, very qualifying fit for, for the two. And then moving over to more of the analytics side of things, how should or what important analytics is the most important part for podcasting? Because I think before it was the 30 days, now it's starting to be the seven days and there's a specific number you have to hit. Is there something that we sh- that podcasters and brands should know about all the analytics? Because to be fair, some of them are still kind of in their infancy and not as good as they could be. It is true. Yeah. A lot of the analytics and it comes down to what IAIB has been coming up with over the last, you know, three, four years. That's the international uh, broadcasting. I can't remember the exact term, but it's an international broadcasting association. And you know, they, they've come up with some metrics and they've come up with some standard protocols, you know, that all hosting companies need to follow. And, you know, this is really ties into, you know, a lot of the CPM talk that always happens within the podcasting space, you know, oh, CPM, you know, one to a thousand or two to 500, whatever it may be. You know, first of all, I'd stress, you know, talk with your hosting company, whoever you're, you, whoever you host your podcast with, make sure that they are certified and that they have that, that uh, IAIB um, certification that they are compliant. I think that's probably the most, the actual correct term. You know, I cannot stress enough about doing your research, talking with the companies, learning about what's available to you as, as, as a, as a podcaster and as a brand that's, that's considering one getting into podcasting, but also getting to onto a show because you, you want to confirm those things. If, if you have a host that says, Hey, I get 10,000 downloads per month, you know, you, you, you're, you're going to be paying for that 10,000, you know, ears, but, if if their if their podcast or their hosting company is not providing you know certified and verifiable results, you're, you're going to be overpaid for something. So you know I, I would say definitely check in with the hosting companies, check in with 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 the uh, with the hosts and the owners of that show just to make sure they're in compliant. And um, also you know a lot with analytics when it comes to just podcasters in general, you know you don't always have to heavily focus on the analytics. You know we always. We always like to see, you know, continual growth from show to show and episode to episode or season to season, however you formatted your show, you know, but there's a lot of other metrics you and your company may consider to be important, right? So, you know, my, the show that my dad and I did, the Waves of Tech, it's, it was never grossly popular, right? It was, we just sort of saw this steady growth, but we looked at the metric as, 
Are we having good conversations, you know, week in and week out? Are we connecting well with our audience? Is our audience responding to the questions that we're proposing out there? And so, you know, analytics is one thing as far as like data and, you know, throughputs and, and, and outputs and all those kind of things. But you, you may, as a brand or as a podcaster, have other metrics that's more important to you. So um, whereas I, I think, Brett, analytics is huge. It's growing. It's still in the infancy. Um, but yeah, just make sure you're focused on uh, something that you find to be be of value. And then moving on to more YouTube, because it seems like YouTube is actually starting to make moves in the podcasting industry. I mean, you can host your or put your videos on podcasts, but it looks like they're trying to put like a dedicated podcasting section or whatever in there. So, I mean, how important is YouTube to podcasting? Because podcasting is usually audio is what people think about it, but there also is vodcast as well. Yeah, it's, this is very interesting. I, I know for one personally, I know myself and other, some of the old school podcasters were like, you know, a video podcast is not a podcast. You know, it's like you can have that battle. You can have that debate all you want. But the thing we focus on is that people are going to YouTube or other, other platforms because they want to check out video. Yes, maybe it drops as an audio file, you know, through some podcast player at some point, you know, but every, we have to consider this, the, the, every business has pivoted to video, right? I remember, I think Fox, at one point during my podcasting career, Fox Sports um, had shifted completely from a a text-based article format to only video. And that was, you know, just as telecom industry, they pivoted uh, to allow for better coverage and download speeds. And so you you can kind of see the whole trend, right, going there. So video is here to stay, you know. Um, that, that is a debate in the podcasting industry, you know, but it is here and it's powerful and it's very useful. But, you know, some things you want to consider just because it's here doesn't mean you have to get into the space, you know, and I think that's the only, that's one of the precautions I tell a lot of people. You don't have to be everywhere. You know, you 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 can stay as a, as an, a traditional audio podcast. Um, you don't have to be on all the social media outlets. You just have to create a way for your audience to continue to talk to you, right? And you have to do your business in order to get to get found and to be searchable, you know, doesn't mean you have to get in, but you know, things to consider, does it make sense with the premise and the design of your podcast? You know, if, if video is something that you're uncomfortable with, if you don't like to be presented on camera, if you don't want to go live, if you don't want to do the post-production side of it, maybe ease into it, you know, find a way or find someone else to help you out with it, you know, and you know, can you grow your audience in a meaningful way through video? For some people, it's the perfect combination. Maybe you're a you're a pop culture show and you want to show like, you know, not maybe not clips, but you want to show things about movies and comics and, you know, uh, streaming services and all these kind of things that may work for you. You know, for a tech show that I did, I didn't feel like video was the best approach to it, you know? So you kind of have to just kind of, again, with that strategy long-term trying to think, um, you know, I always like to, just warn podcasters and brands when they get into it, you know, can, t- can consider the additional workload associated with incorporating video. It's a lot of work. It's, it's scheduling. It's making sure everybody has uh, the broadband and the connections and the video and the audio setup. Those are all things that, you know, if you're having guests on, you may not get all of the high quality connections that you want. So, you know, but also don't expect overnight success when it comes to video. It's, it's, it's not the panacea. It doesn't mean that once you're on there, boom, everybody's on YouTube. So boom, everybody's going to see your show. That's not really how it works. But, you know, this viewership and listenership uh, highly vary, you know, from from audio and video. So just be strategic about your plan. Think about whether video makes sense. And that could be video through YouTube, Brett, as you mentioned, 
or it could be, you know, embedding some sort of video into your, into your website and just driving people there. You know, there, there's a lot of different services out there. Um, YouTube is obviously the popular one. It's set up, it's, it's functional. Um, but warning YouTube studio in the background changes stuff week by week, month by month. So you, you gotta, once you're in there, you kind of have to keep up on all the settings and the changes that they do. So again, um, just, just be wary of it, but yeah, podcasts and, and video that, that interconnection is, is definitely here to stay. And you can definitely see some pretty substantial growth. And then moving on to social audio and what is your opinion about social audio in general, since the pandemic kind of made it actually didn't kind of made it popular. So what is your opinion about all that stuff? Yeah. Social audio is a, a quite an interesting tool from my perspective. I actually prefer social audio um, applications over video, but that's, that just goes down to my own personal listening habits. And that's, that's just how I prefer to consume my media. Now I know a lot of people venture towards video and it works for them, you know? Um, but yeah, it's I, the thing I like about social audio and you can be talking about Twitter spaces, clubhouse, and, and, and what, whatever space I know there's, you know, Spotify was doing green rooms or is doing green rooms. There's probably five or six. If you put in social media apps, <laughs> you'd, you'd probably find uh, so many different ones, you know, but I always felt like it's easier to be included. It's easier to hop in on a calls and you have limited bandwidth issues when, when you typically do uh, social social audio, you know, it's like you can pop in and out. Um, if, if somebody, you know, addresses you, it's like, hey, you know, I remember on uh, podcast day 2021 last year, I just got a text from one of my friends in Florida and she's like, hey, we're hopping on a clubhouse call talking about international podcast. They join us, boom, download the app in like seconds. I was there. I didn't have to set up my, my studio. I didn't have to turn my computer on no video, no nothing. It was super easy, but I think it's a really great space to explore and find an audience, find your audience and, and share your message. And I think it's a really great way for, for brands to connect and really reach out to their, to their audiences. The beautiful part is a lot of these apps, you can set notifications. So when so-and-so goes live, you can join them. You know, and, and I think you're uh, an audience member who's interested in whatever brand you're, you're, you're doing or whether you're a host is going to find the time to, to chime in on that, you know. But the only thing with, with, with social audio from like a, a creator standpoint is you, if, if you're going to use it, you got to be consistent with the delivery and the time of your broadcast. You know, it's like you, you got you to gotta tell everybody, hey, it's Sunday at 6 p.m. And you got to make sure it's Sunday at 6 p.m. every, every, every week, you know. Um, but as long as you set that standard, maybe it's a biweekly show, maybe Tuesday at two o'clock Eastern time is the best time for your audience to tune in, you know, and there, there's no real length restriction, right? You can connect social audio for 15 minutes or you can go for two hours, you know, so you just got to find again, whatever strategy works for you. Um, and it, of course, find what works for your audience and, and yourself as well. But I, but I, I do enjoy social audio. It's, it's, it's a cool experience. Nice. And then, I mean, how can social audio and podcasting work together since they're both, I would say a little similar, but different in their mediums because podcasting is more of an evergreen content that lives on the internet and social audio lives on clubhouse, but also lives on Twitter. So it's, it's there, but it's not really there for long. So how can these work together? Yeah. You bring up an interesting contrast between podcast and social audio, right? Like I can, I can pause my podcast and come back to it six hours later and be like catch right back up, right? Or I can pause it and come back a week later. Um, there, the, the chance of you going back to a social audio recording like a Twitter Spaces is pretty low, right? It's just, it, it's kind of like in the moment, that's what captures it. It's like, I'm online, my friends are podcasting, they, 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 got, they got a space here, I see that one of my favorite hosts or, or shows is going live to really chit chat, you know, 
I, I think they can work together, but I think, as you said, Brett, there there's two there there's some some quite stark differences between like the now instant gratification of social audio and the long term um, uh, benefit of having the freedom of podcasting as far as like pausing and you know and, and sharing and that kind of stuff. You know, but if I've learned anything over the you know the X number of years I've been in the space is that podcasters and creators are some of the most adaptable technical, versatile, and flexible creators out there, right? And so um, you just have to think in those terms, you got to have to adapt your game plan. How can I work in social audio into my, my overall strategy for my podcast? So I definitely think there's a lot of interplay. It's just you, you always got to remember the podcast is going to come first, right? You always want to make sure you have a good quality product. You know, it's sounding well, it's recorded well, your website's up to date. You know, you're keeping in track with your audience members and, and your listenership, and then utilize, like we've talked about, video and social audio to supplement and just to augment what you're offering to, to your listeners and your audience. So, yeah, I think there's an interplay there, um, but just kind of focus on what's what's the most important thing um, in developing your podcast is that it's, it's the podcast itself. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I mean, you also have to choose what platform you want to do, too, because can't really do all of them at the same time unless they come out with a tool to do all of them, but you can't really do it. So you almost have to pick and choose on that aspect too. So if you want to do clubhouse, do clubhouse. If you want to do Twitter spaces, which I think a lot of people prefer because it's just on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. What is the future of podcasting? Cause we've talked we talked about video. We talked about audio, which is traditionally in, in the social audio of it, but what's going to lead us into the next phase of whatever podcasting is going to be. It's, it's interesting to kind of, sit back and look Brent over the last, you know, 18 years of how far it's gone, right? It came from like, you know, doing stuff in your, your garage DIY and uh, downloading stuff, you know, to, to, a to an iPod, you know, now to all these recording softwares we have. And, you know, it's, 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 I've never really come up with maybe what the next big thing is in podcasting. There's always somebody much smarter with a lot more investment, a lot more brain power than me to come up with the future of it, you know, but I always think that, there's always been a talk over the last 10 years, you know, um, that big business is basically taking over podcasting, right? It's, you know, you, you see the NPRs and the NBCs and, you know, all these, all these big corporations coming in, you know, but for several years, if you look at the data, you know, independent podcasters are still controlling the space, you know, in a high degree, they still are today. They're by overwhelming. Yeah. You'll have a major podcast that gets 4,000 or 4 million downloads a week. Right. But then you have, you know, you have 250,000 independent podcasters that are surpassing that number ten, tenfold, right? And so I, as far as the future of podcasting, yes, big business is going to get in there, which means more advertising, more, more, uh, more production, more, you know, more uh, global interest in it, you know, but always remember that those independent podcasters are here to stay and they're really pushing uh, this media forward. And if, if, if that's often a trend that's often forgotten about and not talked about in, in the low, uh, the larger scheme of, of the industry. So, you know, but I would say generally, you know, just watch out for more paywalls and subscription models that are, that are coming. I mean, we've, we've seen that on the horizon. We've seen what Spotify has done with certain particular, uh, podcasters. You're, you know, we've seen, um, can't remember a couple of names of the podcast apps, but they try to put up paywalls and it failed and they're trying to just rework their models. But I think eventually over the next couple of years, you're going to see more of that, you know, these more, you know, pay to listen kind of platforms, uh, more paywalls coming up. And, and if, if traditionally podcasting is an open, open range kind of 
uh, market, right? It's you get in here, you do the work, you can listen for free, but there's people that are saying, Hey, we have some really quality content that people will pay for now. And so if, if you're interested in that, move in that direction, if you're not, you know, kind of keep the, you know, the free and open sort of mentality. So um, that probably doesn't answer your question particularly, but there's, there's so much going on in the space. And those are just a couple of things that I see continuing to grow and kind of trend. Well, yeah. I mean, the Apple podcast has their own subscription model built into podcast connect basically. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I do think that more subscription based things are going to be on the horizon just because podcasters want to get paid just like everybody else. Yeah. And I, I don't, I don't, I don't blame them at all, you know? And, and I, and I think, you know, for as much time, effort and dedication that we put into it, you know, it's just not hit record in 30 minutes. You're out. It's, it's prep work. It's setting up the website. It's do it's doing the post-production. It's the show notes. It's promoting, it's creating a newsletter. It's, it's doing all of these different things that, you know, it's just not a 30 minute in and out. Right. And so you're, you're talking multiple hours for, for one episode a week. That's if you do a weekly show. So yeah, I can't, I can't fault anybody for, for trying to reach out and, you know, get paid, you know, via paywall or subscription model or finding different ways of, like we talked about incorporating advertisements and ads into, into your podcast to kind of cover, cover some of your costs. So there's, there's a lot of different uh, methods out there to kind of, I guess, uh, break even, you know, at the end of the day for a lot of the independents. True. I mean, I, for the independent versus big brands, I do see almost like a two different divergence of, of that as brands will still try to get into it. But then we also have Joe Rogan, whether you love him or not, he's the number one pod biggest podcaster in the world. I'm pretty sure. So I do think that, yeah, we're going to probably have both in a way it's going to be a mixture of independents still doing their own thing. Plus you've got big brands doing their own thing at the same time. Yeah. And I, and I think on that dichotomy right there is we, we can learn from the big business and these big business can learn from us. What is, is too, right. You know, I've, I've never seen, you know, an independent podcaster, of course, gain the, the, the viewership or the listenership, but the, the engagement alone from an independent podcaster is what makes me want to support them even more. Like you can, you can tweet any of the giant big, you know, or, or tag them in a post or anything like that. Any of these giant podcasters that have millions of downloads, but they're, they're never going to engage with you. Right. And so, you know, it's, that's why I love the independent nature of it is you can send a tweet, you can send a message, send them a direct email. Those are ways that you, you almost get a better connection you know, in, in that respect. So that's, that's why I, I love the independent space so much, taking that extra time and effort to really reach their audience. And, and in turn, you essentially become a listener for life and a download for life for them. And then, I mean, fun question for you. What, if you could create a podcasting hosting platform, what features would you have in it? That's, that is a, that's an interesting question because, you know, hosting platforms have improved drastically as the industry has been asking for more and podcasters have been asking for more. Honestly, you know, I, I feel like there's there's good hosting companies or bad hosting companies, but at the end of the day, you know, you know, they're now including analytics. They're now creating monetization. They're all providing built not all of them, but some of them, which I think would be a really cool feature of built-in marketing tools to help them. You know, whether it's you know uh, social media automate uh, automation and you know uh, social media help that way, or, or finding different tools to get them in different you know, within different spaces outside of social, social media. Um, a lot of them are creating automation and, you know, all, all of them are doing distribution, you know, which I think is pretty cool. I think, I think if you include all of those basic features, you know, maybe some augmented marketing tools, I think it'd be really cool 
if, uh, if, if I had a podcast hosting platform, I would create basically an online portal or an online forum that allows for open discussion with all the other podcast hosts on that platform. I think sometimes we get in our own little vacuum. We get in our own little, uh, our own little heads and our own little, you know, it's, it can be an isolating experience being a podcaster, but if you could have an open forum where you, you can, you can sign into and you can provide real time connection with the host, you know, and lessons learned and what works, you know, and, um, I, I think that'd be a really cool forum. I don't know of too many that actually do that. I'd really like to see an enhanced feature, you know, where you can just basically allow everybody to come in here and connect and talk. And, you know, you'd be able to filter, of course, based on topics or genre or needs or skills or improvements or something like that. But yeah, def- definitely a forum that that's open to everybody on that po- podcast platform. I could just imagine, you know, a bunch of independents and big business in there, you know, cross promoting and sharing their stories and, you know, hey, you know, maybe you can be on my show. I'll be on your show. You know, a, a lot of that will will go really far for a lot of podcasters. Hmm. Yeah, some pretty good features in there. Yeah. <laughs> but do you have any final thoughts? Do you have any final thoughts for listeners? Yeah, it's you know, podcasting is an interesting game. You know, I was I, I podcasted for I mentioned you know almost twelve and a half years and been continued to do International Podcast Day you know, uh, year by year and month by month, you know, but it's all about being patient, you know, both when, when you're working with podcasters and podcast or with when you're creating your own, you're right. Um, you know, success is definitely not built overnight and neither is your audience and neither will your show. It, it's, it's a long-term investment. You know, a lot of, a lot of people put in a lot of years of service and a lot of years of work to get to where they are. And so, you know, can think of it as, as, as a long-term investment and a long-term goal to get to your, to your overall strategy or overall benchmark, you know, and I, I will say the tricky part that I found during podcast, my podcast history was you have to find a format that works for you and works for your show, right? My dad and I, we changed formats several times, several times over the 12 years. And we did it because we do, we had to adapt to what we were hearing, not only from our listeners, but from how comfortable we were from delivering our material and our message, you know, we we went from a Q and A session to an open forum debate to having a roundtable to you know just talking about four topics at a time. Then we did you know some really quick episodes where you just boom banged out some tech topics. But you know, always you find find a format that works, tweak it, find it. You know, you're ne- never set. Just as I always say, make sure your audience knows what's going to happen. Hey, for next week, we're going to we're going to mix up the format or the message a little bit. Just keep just just always be honest with your audience, you know. And and I think that's um, that's that's going to be a huge key. Um, but one final thought, you know, on um, you know how how to pitch ads on a podcast, you know, it's it's all it's all about value and connection. You know, you don't you don't want to reach out to a company for an ad for a product or service that isn't directly, you know, connected to your story, your website or your, your overall direction or any of your episodes, you know, you, you always got to find something that's congruent, something that makes sense. Um, one thing that I always tell podcasters is um, prepare a press kit. Press kits are highly underutilized in the podcasting space. I've seen some excellent ones and it goes really far. If you have your press kit online, it's good for PR companies can go and find but if a company is, if you're interested in, you know, pitching a company for their products, you know, to be an ad, you can send them their press kit and you want to have, you know, make it vibrant, make it, make it lively, have its uh, statistics and details about your podcast. You know, um, press kits are 
invaluable, I think, in, in 2022 when it comes to podcast. And, and finally, Brett, my last thought is you think beyond ads. You know, we, we always think about how do we how do we integrate ads and ROI into our podcast? You can consider sponsoring a newsletter edition, you know, that goes out, you know, or, or a subscription. Um, you can sponsor a virtual conference that you can really cast a wide net in the audio space uh, to, to capture a new audience member, a new product, a new brand, whatever it is. So um, if anything, podcasting, think big term, think outside of the box. And I, I think you'll be set up for some good success. And then for those that aren't as good as graphic design, you can use Canva to create those press kits that look really good too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you there's there's a lot of good tools, free tools out there that you can use and, you know, you can use anything from a Microsoft publisher to PowerPoint to a bunch of free things that are that are still out there and it's just, you know, always I'm not very good with graphic design or visual appeal, so I always bounce ideas off a number of other people and, you know, there there's a lot of people in the podcast space that are willing to help you. Hey, this is who did my artwork or this is the person that helped me create my podcast kit. It's about being vocal making some of those good network connections uh, that that's really going to help you thrive in the industry. All right. Well, thank you, Dave, for joining PR 360 and sharing your knowledge on the podcasting industry. Yeah, absolutely. Brent, it was, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, PR 360. Thank you. Thank you for having me and hope you enjoyed. Hope you enjoyed it. I'm pretty sure a lot of our users have, but thank you for listening to PR 360. As always, please subscribe to PR 360 on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music. Leave a five-star review if you love this podcast, or if not, let us know how we can do better for you. But join us next week as we talk to another great player in the PR industry. All right, guys, stay safe. Listen to your favorite podcasters or try to figure out how to start your own podcast. See you next week. Later.